0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the seventh episode of Best to the West, the last one before we go to Blaze Radio starting next week, Saturday, from uh, 9 o'clock to 9.30 a.m. Mountain Time. Uh, This is the podcast where we cover the NFC West division of the NFL. My name is Jake Brown, and I'm here alongside my partner, Kenji Ito. The 49ers last weekend came back to beat the Rams 27-24 in overtime, and the Seattle Seahawks beat the Cardinals 38-30, and let's start out with the division winners, the Los Angeles Rams. They, you know, it was kind of dire to start the season uh, for the Rams. We didn't think they were going to win the division because of how hot the Cardinals were to start out the season, and now they're winning the division. Yeah. What do you think?
1: Uh they're twelve 12 and five now. And I think it's totally deserved, honestly. They really got the acquisitions like Von Miller, uh Matthew Stafford, and Odell Beckham and that really helped the team. Uh do I we'll talk about this later, but do I see them really making it far into the playoffs?
0: Uh maybe. Yeah, we can talk about that in a little bit uh towards the end of our program. But yeah the, I think the Rams were extremely talented this year, especially with a uh, triple crown winner Cooper Cup. He got the receiving triple crown, which we do not see very often. He was flirting with uh, record-breaking numbers. Uh, he didn't end up breaking any of those records. But does he still deserve Offensive Player of the Year over guys like Aaron Rodgers, Jonathan Taylor, and Tom Brady?
1: Mm-hmm. So, personally, I think he totally deserves it. He really shined out like no one expected him to like this like spark up and have over a 1000 receiving yards, have over so many touchdowns, everything. But like as an NFL watcher and and these awards coming up, I just know like I don't know exactly, but from previous seasons they are very biased with running backs for this award, so they will probably give it to Jonathan Taylor because, like, of previous seasons and that he really like sparked up that Colts offense, even though, like, they just missed the playoffs by just a hair.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars, it, you know, I don't, I don't know what you can say about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carson Wentz for a first round pick is. I mean we're an NFC podcast, but like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um Cooper Cup, like I said this earlier in the year, uh last year in twenty twenty one, that I was just waiting for him to have this breakout uh season. And with Robert Woods going down, I mean he was like on this tear when Robert Woods was healthy, but when Robert Woods went down, he became that number one receiver And he just tore up the NFC, tore up the NFL, and I think he definitely deserves Offensive Player of the Year. I don't think he deserves the MVP. I think that will go to either Rodgers or Brady. It Mm -hmm. looks like that's going to go to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, But, yeah, it's what a a season for Cooper Cup.
1: Yeah, and just to add on this, I did mention this earlier in in like the – or last year, actually, since we're in 2022 – I said earlier that he wasn't truly healthy until this season. And I guess I I didn't prove exactly right, but I was kind of right, you know? Like, before he had that injury against Seattle so many years ago, he was averaging, like, a little over a 1,000 yards. And this is the first time he does it. I truly think it's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, and now for the Rams as they're heading into the postseason Uh, Their safety, Jordan Fuller, is out for the entire playoffs uh, as he may or may not need surgery on his ankle. And backup safety, Taylor Rapp, is under concussion protocol, so they will be going to their third-string safety. Uh, How is this injury going to affect the Rams heading into this weekend against Arizona?
1: Well, you got so much offensive talent in Arizona. Arizona, like AJ Green, Christian Kirk. I don't know if Rondell Moore is exact uh, like healthy enough, healthy because I haven't been keeping track with them uh, and Zach Ertz. But I think this is gonna be a major disadvantage because you know Darius Williams and Jalen Ramsey, they can't do it all. Like they need help and everything uh, in the secondary. Like they can't lock up every single play and not allow a single yard. It's it's impossible to do that.
0: Yeah, as great as those two corners are, it's just you still need those two guys in the backfield, and it's going to be very difficult if the um, Rams do not have Jordan Fuller uh, at that strong safety position. Uh, as Arizona, they like to uh, check; they either like to check down, run with Kyler Murray, or throw deep. It like, and it is very uh you never really know what that offense is going to do
1: yeah they're very uh i i would say they're very elusive with their playbook like they like to pick from this formation and run this certain play that maybe a not a certain team would use in the nfl right
0: yeah uh and um speaking of the of course we're going to still go to their the rams as sean McVay. For the first time in his head coaching career, after leading at the half as a head coach, had 45 straight wins until last weekend against the 49ers. Mm -hmm. And the 49ers make the playoffs after that win, uh, and the Rams still won the division thanks to the Seattle Seahawks. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you think of Sean McVay's decision-making in that game, and what did you think of Matt Stafford? Should the Rams fans be concerned of quarterback Matt Stafford's decision-making uh, as we go into the playoffs.
1: Well, I think 45-0 and 0 after, after leading at half as a head coach, is this impressive enough and everything. I think Sean McVay is the perfect coach for that team. I think he came in there at the right time, and he's the perfect coach. I think Sean McVay and all their offensive talent is the reason why they're there, and their defensive talent, of course. Uh, on Matthew Stafford's side though, I I' if I was a Ram fan, I would be very concerned about his decision making is because, you know Matthew Stafford has a thrower and Ram fans can judge all they want, what I'm about to say. but he's a he's a guy that tries to get a lot of yards or like at least a first down each play. He's not a guy who really checks down, which is which he needs to do. Like, for example, in that Ravens-Rams game where he threw an interception directly to Chuck Clark, the safety for the Ravens, that was was just unbelievable because he was right there and he was trying to go for the play.
0: Yeah, Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford was trying to go for the play?
1: Yes, he was. Okay. Uh, You, You know, better wording, he was trying to force the ball into the receiver's hands, which he totally couldn't. That's better wording
0: yeah and I think that Matthew Stafford is i know he's a veteran he's had it's this you know we I'm really hoping that he gets his first win in the playoffs as he's just had all those years in Detroit that are just agonizing yeah uh, just totally
1: wasted, yes, as they say,
0: yeah, and you know this is going to be a very tough matchup because the they've thrown blows back and forth against the cardinals they won in arizona on monday night football the rams did and then arizona beat them earlier in the season Mm -hmm. uh in la so that's something to keep an eye on uh speaking of the cardinals uh they lost five of nine to end the season with three of those losses coming against non-playoff teams uh the panthers lions and the seahawks last weekend uh Are you concerned about the Cardinals heading into this weekend as they're going about 500 heading into this weekend? Well, in the last 10 games, I should say.
1: I think with the Panthers, that was when the Panthers were like, oh my goodness, like they can maybe finish second in the uh, NFC South. So I'm not going to give too much about that matchup. The Lions, they should have just completely blown out the Lions, but Jared Goff and Dan Campbell just decided to... like activate like a full savage mode and just go ballistic on the Cardinals and then with the Seahawks matchup I really don't like week 18 is kind of like it is still a week in football but I feel like it's a garbage week because basically that last week you don't want to risk any injury so a lot of the teams like they play super conservative and they might even rest some of their starters so really I don't other than the Lions matchup I really don't think the Panthers and the Seahawks are like big concerns for the Cardinals leading into the playoffs
0: and a lot of um concerns for the Cardinals have come from uh fan speculation of Kyler Murray's lack of leadership as we know that the Cardinals were extremely hot to start the season they were the last team in the NFL to lose uh to start the season they lost against the um packers i believe it was week nine
1: yeah with Uh, aj green not turning around yes not not turning the right way as they say
0: yes and now uh in kyler murray was in that mvp conversation early Mm -hmm. in the year and obviously he's fallen out uh and a lot of fans are saying that kyler murray is not necessarily a leader Mm -hmm. uh, in that clubhouse what do you think of these accusations towards kyler murray and what do you think do you think these are true or do you think these mm-hmm. are just media garbage
1: well from like just watching the games and everything kyler murray is definitely their franchise quarterback right yes you can you cannot replace a guy like him he's a heisman winner he was MV, he's he was mvp uh, earlier in the season and he, amazing thrower amazing runner like you can like talk about him all you want Here's the thing about the Cardinals is that it's Kyler Murray's team, and everything, you know? So if he has a good game, they'll blow they will win or maybe even blow out their opponent. But if he has a bad game though, I feel like they just lose and everything. I like I know that they have all the talent around everything and the defense is spectacular. But I feel like it's truly Kyler Murray's team. And to add one more thing, is that J.J. J. Watt's um, leadership and, like, him missing is definitely a very beneficial factor to that team.
0: To the Cardinal? You think yeah. that losing J.J. J. Watt was a benefit?
1: Oh, no, no, no. I meant to say that losing J.J. J. Watt was, like, very hurtful to the team. Okay. Yeah.
0: I was going to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and- I totally messed up there. And speaking of um, former Texans, I think DeAndre Hopkins, is losing DeAndre Hopkins is also oh, uh, yeah, something that I think the Cardinals are really missing because, um, I mean, he did play that Monday night game against the Rams in Arizona, mm-hmm. but he did get hurt that game and he has been out since. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't seem like he's going to come back uh, this season. I don't think he's going to come back this season. Do you think that's going to how much do you think it's going to hurt them going into this weekend against that team that uh, they lost to on monday night football
1: well i think it's just going to hurt them like so much is because like you know it's your number one receiver and you have the most faith in him and that is the the trust that you have within within the quarterback and the receiver so i think it's going to be a very beneficial factor or i mean it's gonna oh my goodness i keep on saying that (laughs) it's gonna hurt them very much (laughs) I don't know. So, I'm mixing all.
0: So who do you think of that wide receiver core needs to step up? Is it Rondell Moore? Is it Christian Kirk? Is it AJ Green? It
1: it has it has to be Christian Kirk definitely because you know Rondell Moore he is rookie. You can't just put all your faith on him. And AJ Green is just he's just getting older as time goes on. So you gotta rely off him more.
0: Yeah. I mean, so. AJ Green does have playoff experience. And mm-hmm. He was he does. a Bengal. But he was a lot younger yeah, <laughs> the he last was. time the Bengals made the playoffs. So he's been out of playoffs, I think, for six seasons now. Yeah. I think it was it, 2015 the Bengals made the playoffs.
1: It's been a while. Uh,
0: so, yeah. Um, and now, finally, let's talk about uh, the Cardinals' road wins. They've had eight of their wins come on the road. Uh, including in Inglewood in LA. Um, what do you do? You, how much do you think this is going to affect the Cardinals going into this weekend in LA once again?
1: Mm-hmm. So, they won their matchup in LA. So yes, that's gonna that's gonna say hey, we got familiar to the stadium, we got familiar to the home field advantage the Rams have, right? Yes since they won 8 road games this season which is very impressive because there is 17 weeks in the NFL season. Uh I th- well we will say this later, but I think the Arizona uh the Arizona Cardinals they lost a little bit of confidence but they they will beat the Rams this season.
0: Yeah, and in the other playoffs. other key wins that the Ram or excuse me, the Cardinals had on the road are the 49ers, the Dallas Cowboys and um Cleveland Browns, uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, I know the Cleveland Browns didn't make the playoffs, uh, but they're still a good team. And uh, they beat the Titans on the road, Mm -hmm. uh, like, very early in the season. Yeah, the the first week of the season, yeah. Yeah, so it, and the Titans are the number one seed, so it's just like, I think the Cardinals are very talented. I think they have the chance to, I think they have the best chance, in my opinion, to go far in uh, the NFC West in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Do I think they're going to make the Super Bowl? I don't think so. No, I I don't Uh, think so either. But I think they have the best chance to. I know a lot of Mm -hmm. people will say, uh, on our poll, uh, the majority uh, of people on Twitter on our poll said the LA Rams. I'm not, I don't think so. I think with Matthew Stafford just being a little inconsistent, Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be, uh, I think that's going to affect them a lot. And I Mm -hmm. think the Cardinals are just a little bit more consistent despite what their record in the last 10 games has been mm-hmm, definitely and now moving on to the team that just barely made the playoffs the san francisco 49ers they won seven of nine to in the season but only three of those win or three of their wins this season have come against playoff teams how do you see um how do you see this affecting them in the playoffs come this weekend
1: well Every win boosts their confidence no matter what. And a win is a win and everything. And I think the 49ers making the playoffs this season just overall is, like, unbelievable because, you know, they had such a they had such a cold start and everything. We thought mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan was going to, like, get up, get off, Like, he was on like the He was hot...
0: going to be fired. Yeah, he was going to was... be on the chopping block.
1: Yeah, he was going to be on the chopping block and everything. But now they're they're above 10 wins and they're in the playoffs. It's just unbelievable. But here's the question is what do you think about this whole situation with the 49ers?
0: I mean, we talked about the 49ers a lot this season. We mm-hmm. talked about whether Jimmy G should be even starting. We thought, like are the 49ers a sneaky playoff team? Cuz I mean, the 49ers, they're I think they're very talented. Yeah, they, I think
1: I think they had they have had the best news.
0: Yes. And I think the anchor of that team has been uh, Devo Samuel. Mm-hmm, and, definitely. Um, but we'll get to this in a minute. I think with their uh, injuries going into this weekend, I think it's really going to hurt them. Mm-hmm. But I think with uh, the Dallas Cowboys, I think be, who aren't very good against teams that make the playoffs or have a winning record, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be more beneficial to them than not. Uh. So... I mean, we'll get to our predictions in a little bit. But let's talk about Jimmy G for a second, uh, who improved down the stretch uh, with 290-plus yards in four of his last starts, including a completion percentage of 65%-plus in his last nine starts. But he's thrown nine picks in his last five starts. Do you trust him heading into the game versus Dallas, or do you take a flyer and put in trey lance
1: uh i wouldn't i would definitely not put in trey lance because you know he's a rookie and i said this earlier uh in back in 2021 that trey lance is gonna sit out for like he's gonna sit out for a couple years until he makes the start right because he comes from a small small school in north dakota state and everything he didn't face very high competition and everything. And now you're just throwing him into the playoffs? Absolutely not. I think I totally go with Jimmy G. I think that Jimmy G, the only thing that I would say to him, if I was like a friend of his, is that, or like a mentor or someone, that he needs to be more expansive because we already know that he's already going to go to Debo Samuel. And his second checkdown is George Kittle, right? Mm. I say be more expansive. Like, run more trick plays because those have worked all season and everything. Yes. You know? So, do I trust him against Dallas? In some ways, yes. But, like, he might struggle, though, in that game.
0: Yeah. I mean, Jimmy G has led uh, led the 49ers to a Super Bowl before. Of yeah. course, they lost that Super Bowl mm-hmm. um, against the Chiefs. But... I still I I would still have trust in him. Mm-hmm. I think he's been pretty good. He he's not going to be the quarterback that lights up the stat sheet. No. He wasn't supposed to he, be. He's a
1: very he's a very simple thrower, you know. Yeah. He finds who's ever open and throws to him, and that's thanks to Tom Brady.
0: Yes, because Tom Brady has that exact same mentality. Yes. Now, of course, Jimmy G isn't Tom Brady, no. and we're not going to say he will be Tom Brady because that's ludicrous. Mm-hmm. But he has kind of this the simple play style that Tom Brady has. Yeah. Uh, he's a pocket passer. He throws to whoever's open. Usually George Kittle and Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is those two guys are get open really easily. They run very good routes, mm-hmm. and they're very good receivers. Well, of course George Kittle's a tight end, but he,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the 49ers got better when George Kittle was on the oh, yeah. was on the field.
1: And something to add about George Kittle is that in this game against Dallas. Since, like, Dallas has a weak linebacker core, because, you know, Micah Parsons, he's not not your typical linebacker. He's like an edge rusher, more like, right? Yeah. So I feel like because with the involvement of Debo Samuel, George Kittle has really turned into a run blocker these past games, especially shown by the fantasy points he's had, everything. So I feel like they need to expand him more as well as more of a pass catcher, too. Yeah. Because he can't just he, he cannot just be pass blocking the entire time or run blocking, for example.
0: Well, if he is pass blocking and run blocking, do you think that George Kittle should throw more to Elijah Mitchell and Brandon Ayuk?
1: Well, I I think you just said George Kittle throwing too, but Oh, uh, I mean Jimmy yeah, Jimmy G. Yeah, my bad. No, you're good. I I made my funny mistakes. <laughs> you made you made some yeah. mistakes. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, I think you know I personally think Elijah Mitchell and Brandon Ayuk are very sneaky. Can they be like a top caliber running back or receiver in the future? Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. And we talked about Elijah Mitchell earlier in the year mm-hmm. uh, when he was start when he got that one hundred um, rush game, uh, in asking, will he be that number one receiver, mm-hmm. in- or rather running back in? He proved the rest of the season that he can be a number one running back. Yeah, he truly did. And I think that if Kyle Shanahan can call a little bit more rushing plays, mm-hmm. and if they can expand the offense to include uh, Mitchell and Ayuk in the pass game instead of just using, but if they're going to use Kittle as a run pass blocker with Micah Parsons in that edge spot, even though he's not an edge rusher. Uh, yeah. I think that they can be successful and they can move on to the next week,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but that's only if the all of those uh, all of those things come in play.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because again, like other than those trick plays with Debo Samuel early, like they've had across the uh, season, mm-hmm. they still have a very simple playbook of checkdowns. because yes, Jimmy I agree. G doesn't throw deep
1: a yeah. lot, and sometimes he he can't. Yeah, he doesn't have the strong enough arm.
0: Yeah. And it's not really his fault. He just has had injuries or and in, he you know.
1: And he's been sitting most of his life. Yeah. So, you you can you cannot blame Jimmy G. So.
0: And now we have to go into uh, some bad news for the 49ers. There's a lot of injury questions heading into this game that include Jimmy G uh, who has multiple injuries. Uh, Trent Williams, their left tackle, has elbow injury. Uh, Kaywan Williams has COVID-19, although he was activated, and Elijah Mitchell is uh, going to be limited in practice with a knee injury. So all of these guys are questionable, and uh, Jaquisky Tart also has a groin injury, will be limited, uh, and Aziz Al shair and Marcel Harris are were inactive last week and most likely are more doubtful and questionable. So what do you think of these injuries uh, heading into the game versus Dallas, and how much do you think it's going to affect them going into that game?
1: Uh, personally, I think it's going to affect them like this so much. Like Dallas on both sides of the ball, like I'm not sounding like a biased Cowboys fan, but just looking at like their play, th- their play style and everything and how they play with one another, they are so star- star talented. They have mm-hmm. Micah Parsons, who's just a rookie. Yep. And he's already getting compared to Lawrence Taylor, which I do not agree with well, whatsoever. Well,
0: yeah, let me... Let's talk about that, you know, five years down the road.
1: Yeah. Like, no, but I've I like I've seen it everywhere. But Leighton Van Der Esch, who is a very underrated linebacker, mm-hmm. DeMarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, Trayvon Diggs, they're all on that defense, and they are so star-studded and everything. It's, it's unbelievable. And not to mention about the offense. You have Tony Pollard because Ezekiel Elliott is washed. They have Dak Prescott, a very good quarterback. They have three studded receivers in Lamb, Cooper, and now something Wilson. I forgot his. I think it's Cedric Wilson. Yes. Good offensive line, and uh, Dalton Schultz. I just went through the whole roster. I cannot believe that. But <laughs> you're that, not even
0: a Cowboys fan. They are I just so went through their their offense.
1: They are so star-studded. It's it's like with all these injuries, like I feel like they're not just they're not going to keep up.
0: Oh yeah, but it all depends on how like these injuries are come this Saturday when mm-hmm. they play. Like, I I expect Jimmy G to be in the field. Yeah, I, expect I, do Eli- as well. I expect Elijah Mitchell to be on the field. Mm-hmm. Kaylon Williams, I expect to be in the field. Trent Williams, I'm not sure. Yeah. You, if Trent Williams isn't playing, that's going to be yeah. very bad for and, the 49ers. And it, Demarcus
1: Lawrence or Randy Gregory is just going to eat up.
0: Yeah. And that's
1: going to be a scary sight, too.
0: Yeah, and it's just... The more I talk about it, the more I want to change my prediction that we put before we started the show. Uh, But, yeah, it's just the 49ers just look lost right now with all their injuries. But I still feel like they have that chemistry and they have the talent to at least put up a fight against Dallas because Mm -hmm. Dallas does not play well against playoff and winning record teams. Uh, And now let's move on to the only NFC West team to not make the playoffs. And our favorite team.
1: uh, The Seattle Seahawks.
0: The Seattle Seahawks. Uh, So we're going to uh, talk more about. um,
1: Just their season overall. Just their
0: season overall. Uh, Let's talk about um, Rashad Penny, especially. Uh, He had 130 yards or more four of the last five games, including a. 190-yard game uh, last weekend against the Cardinals. Do you think Seattle should re-sign him? And what do they do with Chris Carson if they do re-sign him?
1: Well, I think he totally re-signed Rashad Penny. This is like the last couple games, so it was uh, four out of the five last games. So they really didn't use him. You know, He was just kind of sitting on the bench and everything. And then when he got out there, he wasn't prepared. So now they started using him and then they're showing him what he really is, right? So I totally say you resign him. For the Chris Carson side, though, I say you trade him away because you're not just going to release him in free agency, no. lo- lose money and everything. You got to get something for him because, one healthy, he's a pretty good running back. So I say you use him for trade bait. So maybe for, like, a player or maybe, like, an earlier pick because Seattle does not really have any picks because they traded it away to the Jets for Jamal Adams.
0: Yeah. Well, their first-round pick, especially for this year. Yeah. I don't think year. they can get a first-rounder for no, Chris Carson. No, I,
1: I don't think so. Like, okay. maybe second or third.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, that would be good for Seattle, especially mm-hmm. because they're better at drafting in the second and third round than they are in the first oh, yeah. round anyway. Uh, so, I mean, I think Chris Carson should be traded – uh, and you had a trade idea while we were uh, preparing for our show today.
1: Well, this is what I said, was that they should trade uh, They should trade Chris Carson to the Dolphins. And this is very, very crazy, and you overreacted too. And I totally understand, but this is like a hot take, as they call it. <laughs> so you trade Chris Carson to the Dolphins, you get a pick from the Dolphins, and you also get Xavier Howard, because... Seattle really struggles with uh, defensive defensive backs, and uh, the Dolphins don't have a really good running back other than Miles Gassing, but he's not a number one, though. So, and Xavier Howard has expressed before, like in the past, where he's wanted to leave. So I think it makes sense, but it is definitely a hot take.
0: I just don't think you're able to get Howard without trading away a first or second round pick. And Seattle doesn't have a first round pick. Well, the draft. Dolphins,
1: the Dolphins have had plenty over the years. So yeah, and they're the like pick heaviest team in the entire world. It seems like
0: yeah. If Chris Carson is traded, this just came off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I think or when Chris Carson is traded, uh, I would trade him to Baltimore. Oh, interesting. Because they don't really have a lot of running back depth, mm-hmm. but they have a lot of defensive yeah. depth. And I think that you can get somebody on defense. I would have to look at Baltimore's roster Mm -hmm. uh, to really hone down who you want uh, on that team, Uh, whether it's because they have a lot of, like I said, defensive depth. So I think Baltimore would be able to take him. Mm -hmm. Now, the question is whether they'll use Chris Carson (laughs) because of Lamar Jackson. But I think that would be a good fit for him. Uh, or for the Seahawks, especially uh, when the, if they can get somebody in return. Uh, and speaking of players heading into free agency, Quandre Diggs, their free safety, suffered a catastrophic ankle injury. In uh, how do you think will how do you think this will affect his contract negotiations? And should Seattle resign him regardless?
1: Uh, I think they should sign him regardless because if they lose him, that will this will this impact the defense so much everything mm-hmm. like negatively uh and does it really affect his contract negotiations an ankle an ankle in- injury doesn't really like i feel like that is not an in- injury that like really affects the player long term right it's yeah. not like a torn acl or anything like that and like they just need to resign him because they really need him he's like this he's the second or third leader on that defense yeah. you know and you'll miss that leadership if you don't re-sign him.
0: Yeah, I would argue that he was the, other than Bobby Wagner, that he was the best player on that defense mm-hmm. and definitely the best on the secondary.
1: Yeah, even, absolutely.
0: Even though you had breakout studs like D.J. Reed and Jordan Brooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jordan Brooks, mind you, he set a franchise record of uh, breaking Bobby Wagner this year, mm-hmm. uh, with 184 solo, or uh, rather combined tackles, and led the league with 108 solo. Uh, how does he fit into Seattle's future plans at running back? Or rather, um, not running back, uh, linebacker.
1: Yeah. So, personally, I think this is perfect. You know why? Is this is why? Because as Wagner is getting up in age, everything he's planning on to retire soon, you know? And we can't keep him forever, even though Like, I want, like, me and you want to, right? Yeah. And Jordan Brooks can fill in Bobby Wagner's shoes and everything. And if they get, like, and if they get another linebacker in the draft that turns out to be a stud everything, maybe Jordan Brooks and that stud linebacker can be the next Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright duo.
0: Well, Pete Carroll said in a press conference that he sees Jordan Brooks and Cody Barton as the linebackers of the future on that Mm -hmm. Seattle defense. Yeah. Problem is, I just don't think Cody Barton is...
1: I think he's a little overhyped.
0: Overhyped, yeah. He's not as good as Pete Carroll says he is. But, I mean, the Seattle defense was shockingly good this year. Mm -hmm. Does that change my mind about Ken Norton Jr.? No. But, I mean... They it seemed like that defense came together with that leadership of Bobby Wagner, mm-hmm. and you know I, and I think there's a lot of camaraderie on that team. Tyler Lockett stayed in Arizona while Quandre Diggs was uh, having his surgery. Mm-hmm. So I think there's um, like that's just an example of how. Play, and Rashad Penny said that he wants to stay in Seattle and doesn't want to go anywhere mm-hmm. else. Russell Wilson says that he wants to stay in Seattle and not go anywhere else. Wants to win Super Bowls here, and he plans to do it in Seattle. Uh, do you think that, um, despite what he said, what Russell Wilson says in his press conferences and to the media, do you think that John Schneider, the GM, uh, will trade him because he did say that um, he did say that he's open to trading uh, Russell Wilson? Yeah, and so, starting anew.
1: Yeah, so I think that trading Russell Wilson will be one of the worst ideas ever. <laughs> everything. I'm not just saying as a Seahawks fan, but like he is the reason why they're successful.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, if they had some rando quarterback, they wouldn't they wouldn't be having 9 9 uh 9 win seasons like n- nine consecutive uh seasons with a winning record. That wouldn't happen without him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And picking him in the 3rd round, 75th pick overall was a major steal because yes. he has a good attitude about everything. He's an elite quarterback. We can consider him elite, um, or maybe like a like like he he belongs maybe like in top fifteen, top ten area, you know? Yeah. And he's the reason why the Seahawks are the Seahawks.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, me and my uh, friend, um, if you guys listen to my podcast, Cup of Coffee, uh, where we talk about Seattle, uh, Pacific Northwest sports. Uh, he says that um, Seattle should trade Wilson because he's getting up there in age. He'll be thirty-four next season, mm-hmm. and you know you can't have that quarterback at that age in the starting position, no matter like who you are. Who you are? But I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Brady have it. Tom Brady are doing it. I'm not saying. And that,
1: then Breeze only retired last year.
0: Yeah. So I mean, it's. It, I'm not saying Russell Wilson is.
1: Those Aaron Rodgers
0: or um, Tom Brady, and I'm not going to say that Pete Carroll is Bill Belichick or like oh. like that's terrible. I that's that would be a terrible comparison. Yeah. But Russell Wilson is talented enough to be in the league until he's 40 Mm-hmm. I agree. Because like, will his legs be like as agile as they were when he was twenty-eight? No. But he still has that leadership. He still has that camaraderie. He still has that chemistry and he still can chuck it downfield.
1: hmm I agree. He,
0: he just, want, like, I just don't want him trying to do check downs and pass rush options now. I think he needs to be more, I think he needs to be more selective and mm-hmm. less taking, taking less risks now, even though he, DK Metcalf is that wide receiver that you need to do to take risks.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree.
0: And DK Metcalf, you know, people are saying that he should get out of Seattle, and he doesn't want to either, so.
1: Yeah. Everyone wants to stay in Seattle. Yeah. Because they made it their home.
0: Exactly. And I think Seattle is, uh, like, obviously I'm a little biased, but Seattle is a great place to be. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Arizona, too. San Francisco, too. Yeah. LA, too.
1: All those places are fantastic, and I've been to almost all of them.
0: Yeah. I've never been to San Francisco, but my parents have, and, you know, it's a great place to go. Mm -hmm. I have friends who are from the Bay Area. Yeah. As long as you're not in Oco Coliseum playing baseball.
1: Jeez. (laughs) Uh,
0: So now let's go to our predictions. Uh, This is obviously a longer episode because we had to cover a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, But let's finally talk about more uh, playoff uh, games. We got 49ers and Dallas on Saturday. Um, Who do you got, Kendry?
1: I got Dallas uh, winning 34-20. to 20. And I think I explained myself enough on this matchup. I think they're this... It's w- one team that's dealing with too many injuries, and they're still all questionable. And then there's one team that's completely healthy, except one player that I can think of on the top of my head. And I think it, they're going to keep it close, though. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm saying 34-20. to 20.
0: I mean, that's a two-score game, and that's 14 points. mm mm-hmm. uh, for me, I'm going to say the 49ers edge out. I do think, uh, you know, I'm not going to say Dallas's defense is overrated because it definitely is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think Dallas is less experienced in the playoffs than the 49ers yeah, are. I agree. Uh, and the 31 to 27 49ers win. And I did, you know, I did reiterate that D- Dallas is not very good against teams that are above 500 and especially mm-hmm. playoff teams. Yeah. I think they only won a couple. Um, Games where a team had a winning record. So, I mean, I, I'm probably going to be wrong on that, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. It, it's my it, prediction. It,
1: it's just our prediction, you know? We're not betting or anything. No,
0: I'm not putting money. I would never put money on that result. No. But now we got the Cardinals and Rams on Monday night. Uh, who do you got, um, Kendry?
1: Uh, I got Cardinals winning 31-24. to 24. Like I do agree with you that Cardinals have best chance of making it like the furthest. Uh, the eight eight away wins is really impressive, and they're just going to translate that to the field and play out time. And Matthew Stafford's decision making it's it's a little
0: it's a little scary. Mm-hmm. Even though I really like Matthew Stafford, even though I really like Cooper Cup, even though I really like uh, Va- Von Miller, I just. Don't see the Rams beating the Cardinals, uh, especially, like you said, the Cardinals winning eight road games this year, the majority of their games on the road. I think the Cardinals uh, will take this. I don't think it's going to be as much as a scoring uh, high-scoring game as you said. I think it will be a 27-20 game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I we both have the Cardinals moving on, uh, so... Um, We'll see the Cardinals next week, and who knows about the Cowboys and 49ers. Yeah,
1: that's a a toss-up matchup, and a big rivalry, too.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah. So that is it. You heard the latest news, our opinions, and our predictions. So thank you to everyone who has listened to our podcast, Best of the West.